as I said, like, you know, we're seeing increasing number of cyber attacks. We're seeing, you know, complex applications built each day. We're in an era where we're seeing a lack of cybersecurity professionals. I think every business that is that has a mature cybersecurity posture, they will be going through a penetration test maybe once a year, twice a year, or even four times a year. But I'm, I'm talking about the times when they're not having that test. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Upwards. Today, I'm joined by Ankita, is an entrepreneur and co-founder of Security Lit, a LinkedIn professional. And a company, and what Security Lit is a company providing cybersecurity services to startups and SMEs. She's also the founder of New Zealand's first bug bounty platform, which is going to talk a little bit about called Capture the Bug. And it's here today to talk all about her sort of journey into entrepreneurship, cybersecurity, uh, and 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 into a crowdsourced. Uh, crowdsourced security programs, which I'm super interested to find out more about. So welcome, Ankita. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Phil. I'm very excited to be here today. It's great to return the favor. Ankita had me on her sort of video podcast about a year ago. So it's really cool to, to be returning the favor. And I'm sure there'll be many more appearances in the future as well, now that we've got her hooked on LinkedIn Live. So we'll we'll keep doing this. This is upwards. This goes out to format and in, in YouTube and to podcast format as well. So plenty of opportunities to to watch this and, and listen to the recording later. Please like and subscribe. It really does help us out and, and, and helps spread the word, helps get it out there to a greater and greater audience. We're talking all about startups. We're talking about security and privacy and, and, and topics relating to that and leadership as well. So, so welcome. If this is the first time watching us, then we're really pleased to have you listening to the feed. You can ask questions to us as well. If you have a question for Ankita or for myself as you watch this as we go, please leave a comment directly below this below this live stream feed. We'll actually see that on our end as we're talking and do our best to answer that question. So please leave a comment. Please leave ask us a question as we go. We'd love to hear from you, and even if it's just even if it's just what you think of the show. So we appreciate that. Very cool. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Phil. I'm founder and CEO of Omidly. We're a company helping startups build, manage, and scale their security privacy programs. So Omidly was started a couple of years ago. We're very passionate about security and privacy and making that more accessible to a greater audience of people. Traditionally, this field has been quite tough to get into, quite tough to navigate, and, and we're really all about making that super easy for people, way more accessible. So hence why we're doing this, why we're doing the podcast, why we do things, put things directly into our timeline as well, just to really educate people and make it super easy so that's a little bit a little bit about us but enough about me let's jump into let's jump into the topic of the day which is talking all about Ankita's journey and in, 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 into entrepreneurship Ankita do you want to share a little a little bit about your your history your story coming into yeah. coming into this field and coming into business in general yeah sure so I I basically moved to New Zealand in, in 2015 I, I came here to study so I I basically hold two degrees in business but it's it's interesting that I never thought I would be a business owner. <laughs> I always I thought I would be doing jobs and I really enjoyed my last job. But at, at the start of 2020, just because I think we, we started our company around the same time at the start of 2020, just before I think New Zealand went into its very first lockdown, I was introduced to the word cybersecurity through my previous employment. And I got really intrigued and hooked and was very curious about cybersecurity. And I, what I discovered and found that a lot of businesses, especially the startups and, and the small and medium-sized businesses, don't have access to a lot of cybersecurity resources. 
And yeah, I, I, I thought that this would be, this this is something I, I want to do. So I, I moved to Hamilton. I was basically, I was basically based in, in Auckland before I started the company. And I thought this would be a, a good way for me to collaborate with a, with a smaller community and see how I go. And since then, we have been, you know, working with startups and SMEs, not just in New Zealand, but across the globe. And yeah, I'm really passionate about cybersecurity and um, basically making it accessible as like yourself, you know, making it accessible to a, a you know, a wider audience and sometimes resources and, you know, money and budget constraints. It's always a problem when it comes to cybersecurity, especially with small organizations. So I, I, I'm really passionate about helping those businesses. Mm, it's really impressive. I mean, I've watched your journey over the last few years. Thanks, mm -hmm. actually, thanks to your social presence is so strong. So we get to sort of, you know, witness it along the way. And and you know, you really have come into this field and 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 been quite innovative. I think and quite in the way that you message and talk about it. And you're international by nature as well. Yeah, I think you have some of your team team overseas yeah. as well. Is that correct? So yeah, we we are a small team. So most of my technical staff members they sit in Asia, Asia Pacific region and mostly because we work a lot in the overseas market when it's it's funny that if we're if the if the team's based here, I mean majority of us if they're if we're based here, then it's really hard for us to manage the time zones. So we had someone in Europe and we decided okay, Asia Pacific is a good region for us to basically look after all our clients. So yeah, that's yeah, that's been like that for for some time. We'll see how that how that goes. <laughs> Mm. Indeed, it's time zones are tricky to navigate and uh, you tend to have people all over the world trying to get an all-hands meeting together can be an interesting experience. Uh, so tell, tell us a little bit about Security We Lit. What, what do you do as a, as a company? Yeah, so we, we basically focus more on penetration testing for web mobile and networks. As I said, my, my technical team is based in India and we work with not just with startups, but also enterprise-sized clients. We work with great companies in, in India and in US. And my focus for this year and the next year is to just look at New Zealand and work with more great, you know, Kiwi businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. That's awesome. So you founded the cybersecurity company. You've come and, you know, you've been, you've been here a, a little while. You're also now looking at crowdsource security. So tell us, tell us what crowdsource security is. Tell us about, tell us about think, that and, and then tell us a little bit about your latest venture. Yeah. So I think I, again, like just, just how I started, you know, security lit, I got really curious. So once one of my client, he asked me, okay, we, we got a pen test done, but how do we make sure that there are no vulnerabilities in our application? And this was last year, you know, I, I I kept thinking about it and then I left it. And then this year, I think early this year, the government announced for all government agencies to mandate the the vulnerability disclosure programs. That that sparked my interest again. And since then, I've been, you know, looking at bug bounties, crowdsource security. Yeah. So just to just to answer and aware our audiences what what bug bounty is. <clears throat> Basically, it's it's also called vulnerability disclosure program, and it is a way. So it's a crowdsourcing initiative that rewards individuals to you know identify and report vulnerabilities in your application. So that that's what bug bounties means. If you're not aware of the term, it's it's a fairly new concept in New Zealand. But yeah, I'm really really passionate and excited about this. So so vulnerability disclosure. How are these working currently? You know, I, I guess they they might be a little bit new to New Zealand companies, perhaps. But how are they? How do they? How do they work? How do they? How are other companies, perhaps overseas, doing them? I, I think the the crowdsourcing and bulk bounty market is quite mature in in the US and you know the in the overseas market. But as I said, it's it's going to be a challenge for me to 
convince people that, hey, you're going to be now working with a global community of security researchers who you haven't seen or met before. But I like good challenges. But I see a lot of value in this, not, not just because it's a good way of doing it, but also because, you know, like we're seeing increasing number of cyber attacks. We're seeing the way we're developing applications. You know, we're seeing more, more and more complex applications being developed. We're seeing new vulnerabilities, you know, popping up each day. And, and, and not just that, right? We, we basically, we're fighting against a number of, you know, bad actors. And even if a company is big, you will not have hundreds of employees just, you know, focused on cybersecurity. The number will always be less. So I think having these global community of security researchers by our side make us more capable of fighting against the, the, the bad actors. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about how the business model works there. So you've you've got this team of researchers and security professionals essentially who can who can work with you and work on your behalf. How does the business model work? How, how does it actually function? It's, it's not quite like that. So for for capture the bug, we have seen we have we have seen interest from at least two hundred plus security researchers. Most of them are based in New Zealand, India, and US, and we're seeing a lot of interest from other countries as well. So these people will not be employed by capture the bug, but they will sure. be ID verified and vetted by our 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 partners to make sure that you know we know who these people are, and this also gives confidence to the businesses who wants to adopt this this new model of you know crowdsource security initiative yeah so i i think i i I personally see a lot of value in it but as i said like it's it's going to be a challenge for me to convince that hey this is this is a good thing for you to adopt so uh, it might seem obvious but why why should why should you know i'm a new zealand company let's say i'm a successful business at some level what you know what's your pitch why why do i need a bug bounty plan a bug bounty program of my own yeah, as I said, like, you know, we're seeing increasing number of cyber attacks, we're seeing, you know, complex applications built each day. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in an era where we're seeing a lack of cybersecurity professionals. I think every business that is that has a mature cybersecurity posture, they will be going through a penetration test done. They will be going through a penetration test maybe once a year, twice a year, or even four times a year. But I'm I'm talking about the times when they're not having that test, right? There's always a high chance that there is a vulnerability in your application. And, um, you know, that could be exploited by a bad actor before you're due for the the next pen test. Or there could be a chance where there is already a a vulnerability in your application that could have been slipped through, you know, the pen test team or the development teams, or maybe through, you know, I don't know, like pushing a latest update or release when you're releasing your application. So I think having a bug bounty program just gives you that assurance that these pool of security researchers will be constantly looking at your application and reporting these vulnerabilities to you. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the, I think that's the value because you cannot just rely on on pen test. You need you need that extra layer of security on top of that. Now the way a bug bounty works, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you 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 sort of set a price for mm-hmm. for disclosures to your your product. Can you talk a little bit about that, how that kind of works, that element of it? Because obviously it costs businesses if a vulnerability is disclosed or found, then they, they sort of pay for that yeah. uh, to the, re- to you know, to the, I guess, to the platform or slash to the researcher. Talk about kind of the economics of that. Like how much does that cost? Can I, can I, can I have lower levels? Can, you know, maybe there's, there's higher levels for bigger, more drastic vulnerabilities. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, sure. So I think uh, there are two types of programs. One is a vulnerability disclosure program and one is a bug bounty program. With a vulnerability disclosure program, there is no requirement for a business to pay for a vulnerability. However, you can always, I personally feel that if someone is reporting a vulnerability in your application, that there must be a way for appreciating their work. It could be in a, you know, in a form of just saying thank you or, you know, having them on your website in, in the Hall of Fame or basically, you know, some sort of recommendation letter or what, whatever you could do as, as an organization. And the other, other way is bug bounty program where you basically say to these researchers, hey, if you find a critical level vulnerability, so say if you found an SQL injection or an XSS in my application, we are going to give you $1,000, right? And for a low level vulnerability, you can even give like $200. It depends on the budget size and the impact that vulnerability causes to your application. But there are no hard and fast rules to that, oh, you, you, need, to have, you need to pay $10,000 for this particular vulnerability and, you know, like... $500 for this vulnerability. It depends on, on, on your business and the risk appetite that you have. What's the biggest one you've seen? I, I've seen, uh, yeah, XSS and SQL injection. I think uh, Google recently has changed their reward for uh, the XSS. They recently were paying, I think, $3,000 something for an XSS. Now they're paying $10,000. So I'm sure they're seeing some value in, in it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, with the higher amount, the more incentive you're giving people to find you know yeah. what are actually quite critical vulnerabilities i mean that's that's very much in the top 10 things like xss and things mm -hmm. like that so you want to know about those as a company right yeah yeah i mean uh, for me personally you know if if someone is reporting an xss to my application i need to know you know, I, I know that it, it could lead to a data breach or, you know, confidential information leak or, you know, reputation loss. And, and that this is this is this is of great value to me. And if I think that I can, you know, patch an XSS if someone has reported to me and I can give them five thousand dollars, I I think giving that five thousand dollars is not it's it's not expensive as compared to the, the, the data breach that we've seen in the case of Optus. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So this kind of vulnerability disclosure, I guess, has been happening unofficially, you know, for a long time, people emailing in from the public, uh, sometimes with good intentions, sometimes perhaps with, yeah. you know, mixed intentions. Can you talk a little bit about how, how this has, this can be abused, you know, because I've heard of people reports of people just running automated scans across somebody's application saying, here, I found, you know, I found some generic you know, vulnerability in your application. Can I have some money, please? Mm -hmm. And how <clears throat> how this get you know this can kind of and people just get sort of bombarded by these requests. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about how this sometimes gets abused and how that can be you know that sort of that sort of thing can be minimalized? Yeah, I think that's minimized. that's when that's that's where the where that's where our platform comes in. So we make sure that all the all the communication, all the all the reports that are coming through are not going directly to the business owners because we can understand you can get an influx of people checking your application once you've launched a vulnerability disclosure program or a bug bounty program. But um, if you if you have a vulnerability disclosure program and someone is reaching out to you and asking for money, I think if, you, if it's not in the scope, so for example, there is a vulnerability, it is not in the scope of your, your program, they can, you can always reach out to the, the hacker and say that, you know, we're not going to be paying for this because it is out of the scope. If you do not have any such program, then in, in some situation, in most of the situations, I don't think security researchers report vulnerabilities because they see that there could be a legal implication to them if the company doesn't have a 
uh, vulnerability disclosure program. But in case you have one and you are getting bombarded with emails and people reporting vulnerabilities, I think a good way to assess is what is the, the impact this vulnerability is causing to your application. If, if you see value in it, then you can reach out to the hacker and, you know, communicate and handle that. But if not, then I think saying no would be a good way to do that. But yeah, that, that it's it's in my opinion. I think someone is reaching out to me saying, "Hey, security led website has a, a you know a critical level vulnerability." I'll make sure that I have looked into it and I see that yes, it's a it's a valid vulnerability. Then it's up to me if I want to patch it. If I don't want to patch it, because it's a business decision, right? So I think it depends on the on the business and and the business owner how they want to communicate and handle their communication with the researchers. Mm. And so in some cases, it's a genuine. You know, it is a genuine mm-hmm. vulnerability and, and that's useful and no, yes, to say thank you for, for letting us know. Other times it's not. I, I suppose a, a bug bounty platformer could help, like you say, filter out some of the noise there yeah. and create some more rules of engagement around that. So perhaps one of the benefits of having a bug bounty platform is actually give people the rules of engagement rather than, you know, just having no, nothing nothing to kind of go yeah, on. Yeah, it, it also gives you, it, it also gives the business an exposure, right? You're also sh- showcasing to your community, to your customers that, hey, we take cybersecurity seriously. And you're, you know, having, having for example, if tomorrow a company decides to host their vulnerability disclosure program or a bug bounty program on our platform, then it's just not limited on their website. Like they, a lot of researchers would, would type in VDP and they will see a list of businesses. It, it just makes it more accessible. You get a lot of exposure rather than just having it on your website because at the end of the day, the the idea of having a vulnerability disclosure program is to make sure that people actually reach out to you, right? So, yeah, I, I would say, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Oh, that's exciting. So, so I mean, can you tell us about a little bit about bug, capture the bug? What, where is that at now? When, when is that sort of going live? Can you share any details on that? Yeah, sure. So we are basically going to be launching the beta version before end of this year. We think we, we're aiming for early November. So yeah, it's October now. So next month, we have got good interest from both security researchers community and also from business owners who are really excited to see that they're going to be introduced to this new bug bounty platform in New Zealand. But on the other hand, we also have our own challenges of doing this because people aren't People are not aware of this. People are not. People are seeing this as a as a new technology, which it's not. Like you know, businesses in overseas have been running bug bounty programs for ten years now. I think U.S. defense has been running it for yeah over a decade. And I was looking at their vulnerability reports. I think this year the hackers reported more than three hundred vulnerabilities in U.S. defense's system. And and to me that's 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 a success, right? Because I think they have all the money in the world to spend on cybersecurity. They have all you know good pen testing vendors. They have all all the resources that they could to make sure that there are no vulnerabilities. But even having that, they you know security researchers community found 300 plus actionable vulnerabilities so i think having a platform like this will help a lot of businesses here in new zealand and just you know by starting with basic vulnerability disclosure program they can start assessing and implementing those things in 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 their company rather than just switching to you know bug bounty programs straight away Mm, that's super interesting i i that's that's a really good point you make i think even if you have a lot of resources available right now. I mean, you know, look at some of the wealthiest companies in the world mm-hmm. still only have a certain amount of bandwidth and, and capability on their own. Yeah, and, because, and, you know, 
Yeah, because you, you know, even, even though you have like 10 people in your team, you cannot compare those 10 people with the, the you, you know, the army of good people. These are, we're talking about hundreds and thousands of people here. So they cannot, we cannot compare their talent and their, the creativity, the intelligence that these people bring and the diverse skill set, right? We're, we're talking about people from different parts of the world who have their own mm. methodology, own own way of, you know, hacking into things and penetrating into things. So I think I really, I'm really passionate about this project and I, I hope and I, I would love to see more businesses using our platform and getting value and, and seeing what they get out of Capture the Bug. Mm, that's super interesting. Well, we'll definitely keep a lookout for that. I, um, I think it's really cool what you're doing, you know, creating this new venture as well. And, and this is a completely separate from your existing business, right? This is a whole new thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's very cool. Well done. Well done on that. We'll have, we'll have to look a little, little into a little bit closer for, for us certainly here as well. If anyone's got any questions, if they might be watching this, they want to post through in the chat. Now is a good time to do that. And we'll do our best to answer those for you. And Keita will also, we, we can also follow up after this, <clears throat> this live stream and, and talk and, and get back to you with any answers there as well. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to even if if you can see me, if you if you know my handle, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about bug bounty, crowdsource security, how this can be helpful, and if you have any questions, which I'm sure you will have, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. And Kita, and Kita responds very very quickly on LinkedIn. So if you, <laughs> I know from experience. So <laughs> if you send her a message, she'll get back to you in no time. I'm sure. What other platforms are you on, Kita? You on? Are you on Twitter? places like that yes i am on twitter and i'm not sure what my handle is i think it's e-x-p-a-n-k-i-t-a expankita which is a weird thing to say but that's all right there's always a meaning behind people's twitter handles. yeah so there's a long story behind my one which doesn't make any sense to anyone else but that's only four letters so so i'm keeping it yeah <laughs> a little bit like domains you know so that's called reach out to Ankita if you need to if you want further information on that. It doesn't look like we've got any immediate questions. So I think what we'll do is we'll kind of come in for a landing here. So this will be recorded again. If you're wondering where to find this, you can come back to the same link you're watching this on now with LinkedIn and you can watch the recording afterwards. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for Armadly on YouTube and there's a channel there and also on, on sorry, search for Upwards. We're also on wherever you get your podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever that, just search for Upwards. And you will find this recording amongst others there as well from, from previous times. We release about it once every week. So there's plenty of stuff to look at there and, and to find and to listen to. Thank you. Cool. All right. With that, I think we'll, we will wrap. No, we've got one question coming in, coming in just here, just in, just in the next time from, from Peter. Peter says, Google's bug bounty has an open scope for 100 million plays, but how many Australian New Zealand apps are hitting that threshold? It seems like that's a high bar. I didn't quite. Get, yeah, I didn't quite that, get that question. Peter, like, so Peter, Peter's, Peter's saying Google's bug bounty has an open scope for one one hundred million plays. Mm-hmm. But how many Australia and New Zealand apps are hitting that threshold? It seems like that's a high bar. Well, New Zealand, I would say Australia and New Zealand is a very, very small country. But I, I think what we've seen in, in, in during the COVID times, right, we were one of the one of the targets. And I think when I was doing my research, I found that Buckcrowd also made it free for all the government agencies to use their platform for 90 days. So I, I, I'm doing this because I know that we will be we're, we're, we're living in a world where we will be you know, targeted every every time. And I see, I, 
there is a lot of innovation happening in, in New Zealand. Although we are small, but we do have critical infrastructure infrastructure here, and we're not we can't compare ourselves with the Google and the US and you know other countries. We're talking about big big, big, big economies, but we we need to make sure that we are protected. And this is my way of doing it. I I don't know if I answered his question. But yeah, I think comparing ourselves with Australia or other countries would not be a, a good comparison. Right. If you need, if you want further clarification on that, Peter, thanks for the question. By the way, then then please reach out and we'll do our best. I you know I think this is new to New Zealand, so apps that have one hundred million plays. So I think that's probably a good point to make is that you know we're just beginning this. And the threshold's probably going to be quite a lot lower for us. Yeah, uh, as we kind of get, come into the space and, and build up from there, for sure. Well, but like as as I said, like you know, U.S. defense, but we 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 have ministries, we have you know our own government infrastructure, and we have big companies like Vector and all the you know businesses like Fonterra, and so we have critical infrastructure here, and we want to make sure that that's protected. You know, NZX mm -hmm. was one of the the biggest attacks mm -hmm. that we optus in australia i think i'm not sure if you've if you've if you've read about it but the, the hacker said this could have been avoided if the optus had a way for them to report vulnerabilities mm -hmm. and uh, I, I think that is the starting point like this is a starting point for us where we are educating people let's start with a vulnerability disclosure program it just gives you a lot more confidence that yeah we have something in place and now we can if someone wants to report a vulnerability this is the the way to do it can you just touch really briefly on what you mentioned right at the beginning there was some legislation that had changed for government organizations in new zealand yeah so GCP, can you just touch yeah. on that briefly yeah it's so a gcsb government communication security bureau this year in february i'm assuming they announced all government agencies to now have they have mandated it to have a vulnerability disclosure program. And that's when I decided, okay, let's let's do this because now the government has mandated. And I think for businesses it's also we can it's not mandatory, but it's I think it's a it's it's a good thing if we have it. If you if you're a big organization or an organization with critical applications and you think that there there could be a chance that there is a vulnerability in your application, I think starting with a vulnerability disclosure program would be a good way to do it. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, look, we're coming into sort of half an hour here, folks. So I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, Ankita, again for coming Thank on you. the show, for sharing us, sharing with us your journey and all about all about bug bounty programs and what you're doing here in New Zealand with your latest effort. Really exciting to see that unfold and see that that go into beta later in the year. Really, really cool. So well done and congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Phil, I, as I said, you know, you inspire me a lot and, and the, your content is it's great what you're doing. So anyone who's listening to us, please give them a, a like and subscribe, share their content. Amazing people and, and, and great company. Oh, look, it's all good to be part of a local community here. We're all doing our piece. So thank you for that. And and hopefully you've learned something today, taken something away from this. And we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Every week we're here. So, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks, everyone. This is Upwards, the podcast for security and tech leaders brought to you by Onwardly. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and join us again next time for more on security, startups and leadership.